welcome to TSO Consulting Group's DEI podcast series, Why Is It So Hard? Shining Through the Shadow of Resistance. I'm Dr. Tanya Breland. And I am Erica Lee. Welcome back. Hi. We're so glad you were able to join us again. I'm Tanya. And I'm Erica. And as we've mentioned, this is our DEI podcast series. The title's Why Is This So Hard? Shining Through the Shadow of Resistance. Yeah. And today we have a topic for you that really kind of speaks to this resistance piece, DEI deniers. So how many of you saw Encanto? So it took, saw you saw it? Yes. So it took me a while before I saw it. I actually saw it on a plane. I don't remember where I was going, oh. but I was like, okay, I have to watch this movie. Everybody keeps saying you have to watch mm -hmm. it. Um, and I loved it. For one, it was um, representative of Latino culture yeah. in Disney. Yeah. And I believe it was the first or second maybe yeah. of its kind. Mm -hmm. And so I really, I really enjoyed it. But there was something in the, in the movie and I would hear about this prior to actually watching it, where they were like, you know, we don't talk about Bruno. That was the thing. They were like, it's like, we don't talk about Bruno. I was like, what is this whole thing about not talking about Bruno? Do you remember that? I do remember, I do remember that. And it just, uh, first of all, the song was charming. Yes. And um, just sort of the whole concept that, okay, we don't talk about this, you know? And so um, it was just so appropriate when we're thinking about you know, being in the space where there are those who, you know, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about racism. Mm -hmm. We don't talk about, in, you know, inequities. We don't talk about discrimination. We don't, you know, and in our society, race has been so taboo, like to even mention, you know, there's this episode of Seinfeld where, um, there's an African-American character and they whisper the fact that he's black. They say, he's black, you know, <laughs> actually pretty funny, but it really speaks to sort of this kind of societal trend right. to just not talk about right. race. Right. And I think this kind of goes into, you know, our topic today, which is like, you know, deniers, DEI deniers, people who deny the need to talk about, or even really the existence of, issues with diversity, equity, and inclusion. Right, that's what DEI stands yes. for. For those of you who are new to this DEI world, um, that's what it is. Yes. Um, and we also do work around diversity, equity, inclusion, and, and belonging. belonging. Yes. So we have to include that as well. So that some people may say DEIB, yes. you know, because they're talking about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. And so, you know, with that movie, Encanto, and the whole thing about, you know, not talking about Bruno, it's because Bruno knew some things that yeah. um, made people uncomfortable. Yes. And people don't want to be uncomfortable. He could see things that other people couldn't see. He understood things. So he had a lens that, you know, folks didn't have. Yes. And so he kind of got banished a yeah. little bit from his community because he could reveal some things that people didn't want revealed. Right. Um, and I just, I thought it was, that was just such a good mm -hmm. movie. Mm -hmm. On so many levels. On so yeah. many levels. Mm -hmm. And when we think about, you know, DEI deniers, there are people in our society and in our community, not us, of course, not us. 
who don't want to talk about that's right bruno right and what they really don't want to talk about were you going to say that? Is race. Yes. They really don't want to talk about they race. They don't want to so, talk about it. So this manifests itself in a few different ways, sure. right? So the first thing, and we hear this a lot, um, and mm. you may have even heard it or maybe you or said, said it, it or said it yourself, but I don't see color, mm. right? I, I hate I don't see when color. I hear that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't see color. So... Okay, admittedly, when people say, I don't see color, like, what is it that they're trying to say, do you think? I mean, think? they mean well. I do think they mean well. I think what they're trying to say is, I just see people, and I want people to be treated the same, you know, equally, nicely. Um, you know, I'm not making any distinctions. It doesn't matter to yeah. me. I don't really care what you are. That's what I hear yes. a lot. yes. And then what I say to people is when you say you don't see color, what you're really saying is you don't mm -hmm. see me. Mm -hmm. Because my color is very much a part of who I am and i.e. my identity, which is another conversation that we'll probably talk about at some point, but we'll tie it into today's conversation because you kind of can't help but talk about it. Yes. Um, but ultimately like, you don't see me. So now, who do you know that, I mean, okay, maybe there are people. Who do you know that really wants to not be seen? I don't know anybody that yeah. doesn't want to be seen. I mean, there are people who are shy mm -hmm. and they're not looking be, to be the center of attention. Mm -hmm. and that's not what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. We're talking about you're in a room full of people, you've got ideas, you have opinions, and nobody wants to hear them. Yes. And so when we say, I don't see color, mm -hmm. right? We're really wiping all of that out. Right. Right. We're really wiping all of that out. Right. And the other piece of that is that it's not true. Of course you see color. Of course you do. Of course you see color. Of course you see the different shades that people come in. Of course you see the different complexions and the different hairstyles and hair textures. Of course you see that. Mm -hmm. Just like you see their height, just like you see that what they're wearing, of course you see that. Yep, absolutely. So, you know, in our society, this idea that in polite company we don't speak about race, I think it has really held us back. It has. You know, there's a book, um, Debbie Irving wrote the book, Waking Up White and Finding Myself in the Story of Race. Mm. And, you know, in that partic particular book, um, you know, she talks a lot about, you know, just this topic. Yeah. You know, she was socialized as a white, white woman to not have conversations about race mm -hmm. as a child. Um, and so that was, it was taboo. And so she's not alone. I yeah. think there's a whole group of people out there mm -hmm. who were socialized to not talk about race because to talk about it meant that you had to acknowledge something that perhaps you weren't comfortable acknowledging. Yeah, and I think it stops, it, it prevents us from giving kids the language to talk about race, right? Right. right. So then we get into the supermarket and a kid says, you know, mommy, she's black, right? And everybody gets embarrassed. And, you know, it's okay, right? So we are not giving kids sort of the language or even the permission to talk about race, to talk about culture, mm -hmm. or to even,�����������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������
when we, you know, that whole colorblind, you know, the, you know, as educators, you know, we've heard a lot, you know, I treat all my students the same, right? It doesn't matter <laughs> if you're black, white, or purple. And that used to drive me crazy too, because yes. there are no yes. purple people. So right. let's not do that, right? right. Let's not kind of, yeah, let's, let's not, not belittle it. Right. Let's you know, not lump us all in this yes, you know, you category know. of. And the other thing is that it makes the, the idea of different colors absurd, mm -hmm. right? When you say, if you're, I don't care if you're purple or polka dot, there are no purple, there are no polka dot people. So except in the animation world, except in the animation <laughs> world, right? So when we do that, I think it just sort of makes the idea that there yeah. are different colors and there are different that there are differences ridiculous. Right. And that's offensive right. in and of itself. It is, yeah. very much so. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I think kind of giving kids the language and giving them the permission to not only notice, but to have conversations about it. I think that's the real equity. Right. That's the real work, right? And getting us to a place where we are totally okay with having, having conversations. conversations about race and culture. You know, we say a lot of times, because we do a lot of training um, with organizations and we will often say that you know these conversations that we're going to have because we do a lot with racial equity may be uncomfortable for some people and that's okay, okay. Yeah. see yeah. that discomfort this is something that we'll say to them see that discomfort as an opportunity for growth yeah. and so now if we are like i see myself as a lifelong learner so you know i'm always learning if people began to see themselves as, as lifelong learners and they are in conversations that make them uncomfortable, now they can begin to say, hmm, maybe there's an opportunity for me to learn. What is it that I don't know? Yeah. What is it that I am not aware of yes. that might actually, you know, be something that I can be open to rather than seeing these conversations about race as being you know, taboo, mm -hmm. like we don't talk about Bruno, yes. we don't talk about race, but there's also, I think, something underneath why people are uncomfortable. Yes. So maybe we need to dig a little deeper here in this conversation. We got a little time. I think so. Yeah. I think one of the one of the reasons is like the lack of safety. I think sometimes people feel like if I ask a question or if I bring it up, will they think I'm racist mm -hmm. or will they think I'm some kind of you know really bad person um it reminds me of a couple months ago we were at a training and we were doing an activity and we said um uh, okay you have to line up against the wall we just said you know we were trying to sort of organize, you know, organize the yeah the group and after this you know a woman came up to us and mm -hmm. said you know i'm jewish and when you say you know line up against the wall to someone who's jewish you know, it's it harkens back to yeah, the Holocaust. It could be triggering. And we had no idea. Had no idea. No idea. No idea. But we were so grateful to her. We thanked her. We, we did. said that we she did. you know, she was a little nervous yes, about very hesitant. Yes. To, she didn't know yes. if it was okay. Yeah. But I'm so glad she came up to us yes. because this taught us something that we didn't know. We didn't know. Right. Um, and there was no part of us that wanted to be offensive. That's right. Um, and yet we know, you know, that this happens right. in society. There's a lot for us to learn. Yes. So even though we do this work, we don't know everything. We don't know there everything. Is to know. Right. There's a lot, and we continue to learn and grow. 
And so when we talk about race, so first of all, like, let's kind of level set on like what we mean. Like, I know this isn't a training, but, you know, but race is really like a social construct. So, you know, mankind decided that they wanted to create hierarchy around people's skin color. Yes. And so America took that ball and they ran with it. I mean, but yes. they took it, you know, they, yes. and they took it to the bank. Yes, they Literally, did. Literally, yes. when we think about this country's history, we're talking about this country being built on the back of enslaved people. Yes. So a lot of this country's wealth was built on the backs of people who were enslaved and brought over to this country against their will to work for free yes. in conditions that were inhumane. In the movie, Usual Suspects, you know, I love my movies, yes, right? I haven't seen that one. Oh, no? No. So one of the great lines is something about, you know, the greatest um, trick the devil ever pulled off was convincing people he wasn't real. Mm. And um, I think that that's part, of, that's part of the challenge around race in this country is that for whole swaths of people, they just didn't have to think about it. And so when you're forced to think about it, it's like, oh, that's not real. That doesn't happen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so it's this idea of really getting people to understand that, yes, it does exist. Mm-hmm. Yes, this discrimination based on race does exist. And though you may have benefited from it, and you did, if you are you know, not a person of color, if you're white in this country, you have benefited from, from that, that privilege in this society. You know, nobody's calling you a racist, but there is some acknowledgement that has to happen, mm-hmm. one. And two, you know, part of that acknowledgement is being okay to talk about it. That's right. It does exist, and we mm-hmm. have to talk about it if we're going to address it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. I remember as you were talking, I was thinking about a conversation I had with a white gentleman who I would say I was pretty friendly with, still to this day. I mean, I haven't talked to him in a little while. And um, I was sharing how I've been in the grocery store and the clerk, the white clerk, if, you know, exchanging mm-hmm. cash, would not put the cash in my hand, mm. but rather put it on the counter. Mm. Almost mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to touch don't your touch hand, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and, and I shared like that story and I shared a couple other stories and he, he's a white man. He was appalled and surprised and completely shocked and embarrassed mm-hmm. because one, he was not aware that anything like that ever yes. happened. Yes to black people, yes. he had no idea, you know, and almost was on the verge of tears mm-hmm. hearing about it mm-hmm. and hearing that it had happened to me, sure. someone that he you know, cared about yes. and respected. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is, and that's nothing. Like, you know, and yes. you know, compared to some of the, yes. the issues that, that I've personally faced. I mean, I walked down the street and been called the N-word mm-hmm. in a diverse city, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like, this now this is real um when i've been married for 32 years our first year of marriage we lived in a city in north jersey and i will never forget this um i was home by myself and my husband was at work or wherever he was and somebody came and was kind of standing and hovering like outside of where we lived and was yelling you know inward people you know, go back to where you came oh, from. Wow. I am not kidding you. It was just unbelievable. 
And at the time, you know, we were we were young. Mm -hmm. We didn't have a car, mm -hmm. and so we would walk to the grocery store. The grocery store was walking distance, mm -hmm. and we would walk to the grocery store. And I'll never forget, we were walking. We walked out of our our house, and headed down the the street that we lived on. Mm -hmm. And there was a woman, a white woman, with her children, and she took her children and pulled them wow. away from us. And it was like, wow, like. In this oh, day and time, yeah. this kind of conduct is still happening. And so, mm. you know, fast forward, you know, to right now, mm -hmm. not that long ago, I was doing some shopping at an outlet and in several different stores that I walked in, people came up to me and asked me where they could find something in the store, making an assumption. Wow that I work there. Mm -hmm. And that's today. Yeah, today. And so when we say we need to have a conversation, <laughs> this isn't just from the, you know, the 1950s, it which I not. wasn't around. Right. Then. No, you let the were record, not. Let the record show. I'm not old. <laughs> no, but, not. you know, the fact that in this day and time, yeah. people will still make comments yep. or make assumptions yeah or stereotype, you know, based yes. upon what they see, that tells me we need to be having some more conversations, yes. people. And so what do you think is the way for us to start having these conversations? So, you know, there are those that are deniers and they are not um, maybe comfortable or they're not aware. So where do you think we start with, with those conversations? I mean, I think, kind of like what you and I are doing right yeah. now. Um, you know, we, we start these conversations in different ways. Um, <clears throat> sometimes we may bring up a scenario or a situation um, and let people kind of grapple with yeah. what might be going on. Yeah. Um, sometimes helping people to understand how privilege has worked yeah. in society, mm -hmm. which of course is a whole nother conversation <laughs> that we, you know, aren't going to delve into right now mm -hmm. today but still something that is really yeah you know real and present yeah you know i think um i like that because i think it's really like not shrinking back from what is actually happening i have a very good friend who is a very fine teacher she's a white woman in a in a she teaches in a in a suburban district she, had a, she teaches, um, well, last year it was a predominantly white class, and there was one African-American student who just was not experiencing success. And she couldn't figure out um, why the parent was responding in the way that, um, that, that she was. And so you know, I had to have some converse, a conversation with her around, you know, some experiences that African-Americans have had with school systems mm -hmm. and and you know black boys being overly you know classified you know overrepresented in special needs classes and underrepresented in advanced classes which we're going to talk about in, we are. in in a little bit in a few weeks but you know having that conversation and not judging her one for not thinking of it and not saying that she's a bad teacher or that she's a racist teacher because she's not. I think there were just some things that she was just unaware of. Like she didn't understand why the mother was not as um, receiving or accepting of some of the suggestions that the school had for her, for her son. And I just had to teach to her, teach her about 
sort of the historical distrust right. that African-Americans have had with the school systems. And so, um, but, but that took, you know, openness and it took vulnerability on her part, I think, to say I'm having an issue here. And it also took me, who knew who I could give her some context, to not make her feel bad, sure. you know, mm -hmm. and to not kind of denigrate her or to not judge her based on, you know, what she did or did not know. Mm -hmm. um, and it really kind of opened the door up to really good conversation around race and school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that those are the kinds of conversations. Um, people attend conferences, but very often when there's an equity conference or an anti-racist conference, you know, those are the believers. Yes. You know, they're coming right. because they right. want strategies. They're not coming for their minds to be changed. Right. They're the believers. Yeah. And so we know people who are DEI deniers, and I think it starts in these conversations. It does. And quite honestly, it's not just in the education system. Mm -hmm. It's in all systems. Sure. So, you know, some years ago I served on a board um, for... Um, you know, women of color in the pharmaceutical industry. And I think I've shared that with yes. you in the past. And their issues were centered around health inequities. Mm -hmm. um, and we know that there's a lot of health inequities. Yeah. And many years ago, before going into education, I worked um, in the area where we were looking at the infant mortality rate, which, by the way, is still an issue in the black community. Mm -hmm. Back then, this was like nearly 30 years ago when I was working in this in this sector, um, we were addressing the community around black infant mortality. Mm -hmm. Today, 30 years later, we're still, still. addressing yeah. issues of black infant mortality. Mm -hmm. And that has a lot to do with some of the health inequities that exist in the black community. And so, you know, this issue of race, we've yes. got to talk about this. Mm -hmm. That came up when, when COVID hit. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like we saw that, right? So the inequities that existed were exacerbated. So if there was, you know, challenges with health, we saw that, you know, I think, was it Jesse Jackson? Somebody said that when America catches a cold, the black community catches pneumonia or mm, something like that. I can't that. remember who said yes, that, but yeah. But, it, but we saw that, I mean, literally, <laughs> literally, right, when COVID hit. And so we saw that these, these inequities were exacerbated. We so, also saw a lot of deniers. We saw a lot of deniers. You know, where people yes. were saying that this, I, this wasn't real. Yes. Well, I don't know anybody that's been sick from it or who's, yeah. who's died from it. Right. But almost every black person I knew knew somebody who yep. died from it. Yep. Or had severe complications as a result of, of mm -hmm. the virus. And I, so, I knew several yes. people who died from COVID mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. during the height of it before there were, you know, um, vaccines. And it was, yeah. it, it was sad. Devastating. Very devastating. It was devastating. And I think that's a challenge, right? So if you de denying it doesn't make it does it make it not happen, or right? Not it doesn't exist. make it less, right. you know, apparent right. or that it doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and then we look at other, you know, there are other systems as well. So we look at the economic system, we look at the housing system and, you know, it's like they all intertwine sure. in some form or fashion, sure. you know, the, yes. you know, employment and yes. judicial system and, you know, how legislation works. There's a lot going on systemically that we really need to like unpack and uncover to look at like, okay, where are some of these issues and what's the genesis sure. of the inequities that exist in our society, yeah. specifically 
against people of color and not just black people. I mean, we're black women. Right. And so obviously we mm -hmm. can talk from, from personal experiences, mm -hmm. but this, these issues that we have in our country are not just black issues. Yes. They are issues with people of color mm -hmm. in period, you know, period. Yeah. I think that's a challenge I have with the deniers. Yeah. All of those areas, there is data. There's data in all of those, you know, different sectors of society yeah. that show that, you know, black people, you know, in this country are um, just really marginalized mm -hmm. and discriminated against. And the data shows it, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. so I think that's why I'm not sure about the, the deniers. Like where, I, I just don't know where that comes from other than, you know, I just don't want to see it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't, I don't want to see it. I don't want to be uncomfortable. And I don't want to be uncomfortable. Right, right. 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 Yeah. But some things in life are uncomfortable. Yeah. I, I've, I don't know anyone who's been able to skate through life and think that, you know, they're not going to have trouble. They're just, we're all going to have some kind of trouble. But some people might have more trouble than others. Yes. And not because yes. they've chosen trouble. Yes. It's because of their you know, their status. Yeah, we talked about, we used the word privilege earlier, and I think that that's, that really is privilege, right? So I don't have to think about it. Right, right. I don't have to think about it. Yep. So if you don't have to think about it, you haven't had to think about race, that's privilege. Yes. And I think really for those white people who are able to have this these really honest conversations, right? There's also a term we love to use, and we'll talk about it, allies, right? Mm -hmm. And they are really the ones that are saying, I understand that I have this privilege, and I'm going to extend my privilege to those who, who do not have it, and how grateful we are for those who are able to have those open conversations, mm -hmm. who are able to confront those who might be deniers mm -hmm. and say, like, this absolutely does exist. Right. Yeah. It does exist. Yeah. Um, and so... You know, you you bring up some really valid points. Every time you say something, I'm like, my brain is like going like, oh, should I tell this story? Should I tell that tell story? It. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, ultimately, like, this is something that we face and we deal with every day. Every day. I, I say to people, there is not a day that goes by that I don't know. Yeah. And I am not reminded that I am a woman of color, right. i.e. a black woman yes. in this country. Mm -hmm. Like not a, day, not, a day. not a day, not a day. There's something every single yes. day that reminds me that I am black. Yeah. Yeah. And that is why we need to have these conversations yeah. because you know, when we think about fighting for the rights of you know, black people, let's, let's, let's go back for a minute and just talk about the women's suffrage movement mm. for a moment. Mm -hmm. Women were asking men for permission mm -hmm. to be able to vote. Hmm. Why? Because it was the, the men, right. white men, who had, had the, the power pro and the privilege to grant that That's to right. women. Right. Black people, other people of color, so mm -hmm. not just black people, but mm -hmm. most people of color in this country have had to ask permission of yes. white men mm -hmm. in particular mm -hmm. for permission to be able to have equal and or equitable right. rights in all spaces of society. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's yes, not it funny. Is. It really is not funny, you yes. know, but 
But, you know, we can keep things light, yes. um, you know, even in the midst of something that's really difficult and really challenging to talk about. Yes. And so we just encourage, we will continue to talk about this. This is what we do. And we encourage you to have those conversations, yeah. even though they might be uncomfortable, even though it might make somebody else uncomfortable. It really could be the doorway to, you know, opening their eyes or even sort of um, creating a safe space and relationships and yeah and and strengthening relationships um, in in that space and so we just encourage you to continue to to have these conversations even if somebody disagrees with you it's okay like work through that disagreement work through that discomfort and have those have those conversations right and, and we then, just say it's not so hard it's is not it? so hard is it <laughs> Thank you for joining us. We are Tiso Consulting Group. I'm Tanya. And I'm Erica. And we're so glad that you were able to join us.